0: You are listening to KG Mwekezi on SFM.
1: So, Up serves as the first single of his forthcoming EP, EP uh, for the four-track successor to his hit-filled Trinity Wild Solace, an old an ode, sorry, to growth. Part 1 and Candid Up boasts a bright tempo complemented by airy summery synthesizers, lo-fi piano range, and elated trumpets. And the illustrious production gives way for Munga K to enchant us with another healthy dose of free-spirited charm and mood-shifting lyricism and conscious messaging. It's time for the Friday Wind Down and Up is the song you just heard because our next guest is a neo-soul artist fusing art with activism, with influences that include Prince, Tick, Laurent Vula, Tick, D'Angelo, Tick, 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 Ndozake uh, Shange, Tick, 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 and Janelle Monet Tick. Munga reps uh, his diverse palette into a sound that incorporates R&B, funk, soul, hip-hop, rock, and electronic styles. What captures audiences' ears are his poignant lyricism, as I said, and emotive melodies and textured interior and authentic social activism. You know what, Munga? I didn't want to hear the song, right? I wanted to hear the song uh, mm-hmm. On air with everybody because I was sent the song right yesterday, and I thought I don't want to hear the song. I want to feel what uh, the the listener feels in real time when uh, yeah. the the they hear the song. I like that song. Tell me about the making of that song. Welcome, by the way. Hello.
0: Thank you so much for having me. Um, uh, the you song sing pretty, I by it's... the
1: way. You sing really pretty.
0: <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. I wrote the song, actually I wrote the whole EP for on the first day of new of, of the of the year, this year, twenty twenty two. While everybody was healing their hangovers, I was locked in the <laughs> studio just writing some music. And up was the first song that I wrote. And it just felt fitting for that to be the first and lead single off the project because that's what I've, you know, been wanting to live in. Live in joy, live in hope, live in just the magic of being alive, even though the world is chaotic sometimes so
1: in a way you you did take advantage of the joys of new year's because i don't think any human being anywhere in the world is as optimistic uh as they uh you know any other day of the year as they are on on the first day of the year and we're all always looking up on the first day of the year
0: Mm, definitely definitely there's that sense of hope and and you know faith that the this new chapter of our lives is going to be better which is amazing
1: So tell me about your singing journey, uh, because uh, everybody tells a story of a singing journey and uh, that singing journey leads them to them at a certain point in their life, making the decision that actually singing is what I want to do uh, for the rest of of my living life. Uh, If I can make money from it, great. But if even if I don't, I sing because it gives me joy. Tell me where your singing journey starts.
0: Absolutely. I started singing when I was six years old back in Botswana, you know, making so much noise for my parents all over the house. And I pursued performing uh, from the age of nine, did talent shows, did my own shows. And actually, I'd actually quit music before I started varsity, just when I was finishing grade 12. um, I was going through a lot of mental health issues and a lot of confidence issues. And I'd made the very drastic decision to quit music. And I wanted to focus on, you know, my getting my degree. And so for two years, I did not pursue music, did not write, did not sing, did not perform. But it took, you know, volunteering at festivals in 2016, and working for artists to reignite my passion for music. And I'm grateful for that, because that allowed me to really understand myself as a person, as an artist, and also learn about the industry and know what I wanted to put out into the world. So it really put out the energy back into me to know that I, I love singing. I was miserable when I wasn't singing. But, you know, going back to it more mature made me more aware, self-aware of how, you know, to best achieve this career path.
1: Where do you get the name Munga K?
0: So Munga K is my Oh, it's Munga K. Yeah, it's two os but it's pronounced with one. But <laughs> I okay. blame my parents for that. Okay. Um, I'm named after my grandfather, uh, my mother's father, um, as far as I know, it doesn't have a meaning, but the first four letters spell out moon. And for some reason, I'm very obsessed with the phases of the moon and the new, a full moon, to be honest, um, and the idea of rebirth and constantly evolving. So I think that that's what I would attribute to my name.
1: So growing up in Botswana, I mean, uh, because your influences are very largely American sort of R&B and funk and soul and hip hop and rock artists. Uh, Are there any other influences outside of the Prince and the Laura Mvula and the D'Angelo and the, the Janelle Monique? that that you reference, that you hear as you grow up as a six-year-old in Botswana where you think, mm, that also sounds nice and I can identify with that as an African.
0: Definitely. I mean, I grew up with a lot of reggae influences. You're lucky, Dubé, Benjamin. Benjamin, I did not realize they have the same name. Benjamin Dubé. Um, very, my, my, very genres had...
1: that, because that's gospel on the one end and, uh, reggae, and reggae on, and on the it's... other, yeah?
0: Which which is attributed to my parents. My dad um, is a reggae artist on his own. And, you know, oh. he played a lot of that growing up. And my mom is very much into gospel. So, you know, those were the main genres that I grew up with. But they, they gave me the space to listen to whatever kind of music that I wanted to as well.
1: So when you were having that I'm upset with music phase, because uh, <laughs> it, clearly was it was a phase. Why were you upset? Yes. Why were you upset with it?
0: So... I, and I say this, uh, you know, for any other young artists listening to this, I, I I was a very ambitious kid and all I wanted to do was music, but my parents are very big on academia. So academics came first and I was struggling with school. I was failing, to be honest. And, you know, my parents were very strict about that. So we had to make the decision where, you know what, finish high school first and then you can go back into music. And in the time that I was, you know, forced not to do music, I just realized that, A lot of folks around me just saw me as just a boy that could sing and nothing more. Mm -hmm. And I knew from then that I was more than that. I knew that there was more to me than just music and, you know, just singing and performing. I knew that I I had more to give into the world. So I, I, I definitely made that decision because I wanted to prove Not only to myself, but to prove to everyone else that I just wasn't just a jukebox, you know.
1: What kind of validation, uh, Monga, did you get at home? Uh, Because you say your dad's a reggae artist and uh, your mom is also into gospel music. Uh, What kind of uh, affirmation, if at all, were you getting from them when it became apparent that there's this deep-rooted passion for singing?
0: Yeah, no, they were super supportive. I love my parents so very much, because as much as they were very strict on academia, they could see that it was a very big passion for me. And they were supportive, they came to all the shows, my mother, especially would always, you know, instill in me that every time I performed, I should, I should look at it as performing for the last time, you know, so I would give my all. And so I'm grateful for her, you know, Supporting me and giving me the space to go to rehearsals or you know, rehearsing with bands or just meeting other individuals and creatives to hone my talent.
1: Uh, Neo Soul finds a, a great place right now, especially in uh, where in a time where music is so digital, right? Uh, one of the yes. things that, uh, uh, that 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 it it gives us who are music lovers the space to do is discover it very quickly and discover the you know its diversity and discover the 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 the, the varied types of artists that are in it, which means the barriers to entry become bigger because the competition is so high, right? at a global yes. scale how are you absolutely. finding it
0: it's interesting because i think i i'm not focused on competing or comparing myself to other I artists love doing, I, doing, I love
1: that i love that you're competing I'm, with yourself
0: absolutely that and that's what it is it's, it's, I, I look at myself as constantly evolving and you know you never want to look back and do the same thing or you know be the same Person, You always want to grow and evolve. And I think that I've been able to do that as an artist and as a person.
1: So, I mean, this is EP number two, right? After, uh, uh, is it Candid, the, the one that came out first?
0: Yes. Well, so it's actually EP number four, hence really? the, <laughs> the fourth title. Yes. Oh, yes, I put yes, out yes, five yes, yes. I put out five projects over the last um, four years, an album and four EPs.
1: So uh, a whole album and, 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 and four EPs, w- why are EPs more effective in terms of delivering music to audiences now? Because a lot of artists are no longer releasing albums, right? Except, yes, I, yes. except I suppose the the old school folks. Why are EPs yes. more effective? Because people are like, they just take out one song, right? And Absolutely. And that one song shakes, uh, you know, the space very greatly and decide, okay, I'll take out another three songs. But people no longer release, like, full-length albums with 14 songs or 16 songs. Why are EPs more effective?
0: You know, and don't get me wrong, I grew up knowing that albums, you know, creating a body, a full body of work is how you should be as an artist. And, you know, it, it does upset me to not be able to do that. But the truth of the matter is, You know, creating music now, especially as an independent artist, is expensive. Mm. And when you also look at the consumer market and what you mentioned, you know, realistically, the attention span of most consumers is very quite low. If you even, you know, put social media and TikTok and all of that. So you want to grab the attention of folks as much as you can and releasing a short body of work that they can consume quite quickly and repetitively is uh, the best ammo at this point in time.
1: I mean, what are the challenges, Monga, of being an independent artist? Because, uh, again, to some extent, a lot of people are saying, you know, uh, it cuts the red tape of the big record label and it mm. um, it shows the artists exactly where their money is going to and, you know, allows them space to make their own money in the way they ideally would like without having to pay, uh, to be paid retainers and, and not mm. know whether those retainers are worth what they put out for record companies for you when you decided yes. to go independent why did you make yes. that decision
0: i believe in ownership and i believe in owning my rights to my mm-hmm. music and knowing that i have the power to control me completely you know i've never been one to um have people tell me what to do i'm, I'm and that I don't say that in saying that I don't listen to counsel, I do. But this music industry for a very long time systemically has disadvantaged artists all over the world and rid them off their rights and their money and their earnings. And, you know, you just want to keep your your security and your safety. And another issue that I face every day with the industry is just the gatekeepers, the powers that be that don't want to share platforms or opportunities because of greed or because, you know, they believe that they've worked hard enough for it. So they don't want to share those opportunities, but there's space for all of us. There's space for every single person to thrive and to, you know, put out their art because we're all different and unique in our own ways. But the difficulty is this industry constantly changes and you're always trying to keep up and be relevant, I guess, or, you know, have the qualities beyond music to keep you know the same people that can help elevate you
1: yeah, music ultimately though is, is about joy uh, the joy yes. that, that that you get as an artist and the joy that I get uh, as a consumer so when you do take out that joy to the world right uh, excuse the pun by the way when you do take out that joy to the world you take it out by performing to us uh, the fans yeah. tell me about yeah. who you are when you Go on stage, and uh, you know uh, your intention when you do take the music out. What that feels like to you as the creator and the performer?
0: Yeah, I mean, performing is its own beautiful experience. I just headlined uh, "Rocking the Daisies" in Cape Town a few days ago, played the main stage.
1: Congrats! Thank
0: you, thank you. I I performed my heart. I'm still so exhausted from it because I, you know, sang my heart out. I danced my heart out. I performed my heart out, because that's where you get to connect beyond, you know, beyond people listening to your music, when they're on their own, they're right here in the flesh. And, you know, Mm. that's a different and spiritual experience, I believe, Mm -hmm. um, when you're performing that music out. And so, you know, I am so grateful that I can also, beyond working in studio, be able to perform this music out and, you know, have it be a different experience for other people as well.
1: Mm. You're more than an artist, though. You're an activist. Tell me about your activism.
0: I am very much uh, a big rebel and I like to talk a lot and I love to fight. I love to fight for women, black women specifically. Gender based violence is something that I've been passionate about advocating against um, children, especially um, queer folks you know, and uh, issues that that are around mental health issues, because, you know, I struggle with depression and anxiety. And I have, I wasn't raised in an environment that allowed for those conversations to happen openly and honestly. And so Mm -hmm. I like to do that with my music, create a platform that we can openly speak about these issues, but also address them and try to, you know, dismantle them, especially with Gender-based violence.
1: So, do you believe art has to have a purpose uh, bigger than you know just its existence? Meaning, uh, you know, Masikele used to say, uh, "Learn, love, and teach. Uh, Use your art to learn, to to love, uh, to teach. uh, Because you know, it, it it it's not independent of all of those things."
0: Yes. No. Like Nina Simone said, your art is supposed to reflect the times. That is our duty as artists, as creatives, as as, as you know vo- voices that can amplify other voices. We have to speak truth to power, and that is you know music is such a cathartic experience for everyone. It's a healing experience and it's a uniting experience, and that that is a privilege to be able to do that. So I I don't see myself not you Know vocalizing social issues that need to be vocalized,
1: mm, that's beautiful. So, what are your ambitions for four? For for the, 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 the EP <laughs> for four, yeah.
0: yeah. I think you know, it's the most joyous record that I've written so far in my career, and that's you know, pr- preceding that, I've just the songs that I've been writing have only just been focused on positivity and. And that's obviously what I want to, I've been manifesting that for my own life. And I hope that people that listen to it or connect with it manifest that in their own lives. Because life is just, not that it's too short, but it just has to be lived extremely, you know, ex- exaggeratively and overwhelmingly and, and happily. And, you know, we I don't like to live in sadness because that just, you know, ruins your mood and it it ruins your lifespan, you yeah. know. And I think that it makes that you is sick. not what you it makes you sick, you know, and yeah. it makes you age faster yeah. as well. So, you know, even if it's hard times, even if it's painful times, you know, financially, socially, fam- familiarly, let's just try our best to just hold on to the light.
1: So hold on to the light as I play my mind. Here's my mind from Monga K.
0: You are listening to KG Mwekezi on SFM.
1: I really like that song, Monga. Uh, b- b- tell me about how it makes you feel as uh, creative uh, whenever you hear yourself on the radio and whenever you hear <laughs> other people uh, express themselves about your art.
0: It's a very awkward experience, I won't lie. I mean, I'm grateful. Uh, one one thing I don't like hearing is my voice. Why?
1: Why? Um,
0: I, I like hearing it in studio, but beyond that, I'm like,, oh, I don't know. it feels it feels strange to see it extend to that you know space, but I'm also you know I'm getting over it because
1: you have to you
0: know that's <laughs> oh. the, the the beauty of it is that it 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 is it, it, it's spreading.
1: What's your favorite uh, space, though? I mean, I I was uh, shocked to learn, for example, uh, that uh, the iconic Marvin Gaye really was not into uh, performances, as in public performances. His happy place was the musical Mm. studio, right? Uh, He Mm. felt Mm. most at home there. uh, But he did the performances because, you know, it's part of the gig. You have to do the performances. Mm. What is your favorite space uh, in the process of the music? What does the studio give you that performance? live doesn't give you and vice versa
0: oh okay that's interesting yeah the studio gives me the i don't know but it's both i i I would disagree i'm not i wouldn't say i'm like marvin Gaye because both the studio and the stage are my favorite places to be because Mm -hmm. i feel the most free in -hmm. these spaces Mm -hmm. um i think with the studio, it's 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 more beautiful when I get to collaborate with other artists, or when I write songs for other artists, when I work on my music with with other producers. You know, in real time, there's a beautiful intimacy to that. And but then there's also a beautiful intimacy to performing because you know you can see the reactions in real time of how the music and how the singing is making folks feel. Mm, and mm. so I think the both of them have their own special qualities to them that I love and adore.
1: So what have you found quite surprising since you released the the four EP? I mean, what shocked even you?
0: You know what's insane to me the most is so for i i invested a, uh, most of my money into it um which you know i've had support through my distributors before but this was the first time that like i kind of had the reins to you know do the photos and the creative direction and everything and in two and a half months, we got over half a million streams, which is the fastest streams that I've ever received on all of my music solely based on just people listening. Mm. You know, we didn't do any visual content. You know, the the PR was as much as it could have been, you know, but, you know, it was just literally organic listenership that we got. And that, to this day, is just quite Um, fascinating to me Uh,
1: because ultimately there's an interest in the art even beyond just the aesthetic
0: yeah
1: so where do you want to take it? I mean, when, when you reflect on the big investment that you made uh, from New Year's yes. Day to date on the releasing of this EP, uh, mm. and let's say if you reflect on it on New Year's Eve in anticipation of probably coming up with more jams on the because I'm holding you to this now on the first of <laughs> Jan- on the first of January next year, you will say yes. you will say you were successful with it if what happens
0: if i tour if i travel the world that is my biggest mission right now is to travel the world and play festivals and meet more you know folks because the i guess the beauty of music and the internet is how anyone can you know receive it and listen to it at any at anywhere in the world and i'm gr- i'm quite grateful that my listenership expands beyond sa expands beyond africa it's all over the world that people listen to my music and send me all these wonderful messages and so it's time to go and meet them and, you know, make those connections with them.
1: So, I mean, where, whereabouts in the world are you finding the biggest responses and what kinds of things do they say to you when they talk to you about how the music makes them feel?
0: Uh, my, so my highest listenership actually is from the USA. Um, And the second highest is the UK, which is, again, quite interesting because I've never been to these places before. Mm. Um, But to receive messages from, you know, especially because folks, I think this one fascinating thing about the internet is people can just believe when they find an artist that they're from their country. Mm So. Americans think that I'm from there, or the the UK folks think I'm from there, or SA or Nigeria, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they form their own opinions and form their own connections, which is quite beautiful because, you know, they say things like, you know, this I mean, quite quite fascinating things like, you know, this helped me through a rough time, or it helped me feel confident and helped me feel like I could love myself. And, you know, that's what I felt when I was listening to the artists when I was growing up, you know, but still didn't feel represented. So to be able to do that, quite you know and that was that's always been my intention to make people feel safe and feel loved
1: in terms of the work that you do for your activism, for example, here in South Africa, the other day was Mental Health Awareness uh, Day, right? Um, yeah. Uh, there's a huge challenge um, that particularly also affects young people uh, with issues of um, mental health. So in terms of your messaging regarding a mental health awareness, uh, w- what do you think is the one thing that uh, people should know the most in terms of what you stand for regarding specifically mental health issues?
0: I think that vulnerability is just an important thing to be able to display as an individual. And I speak specifically to the Black community because we know um, from generation to generation, and we've been told that, you know, we can't be struggling with mental health issues we have to be strong we speak about black women and the black and the strong woman complex that we you know keep perpetuating which is just unnecessary and should stop is be vulnerable be emotional express yourself even if you don't understand what you know you're feeling in that moment you will eventually if you have the tools and the resources around you to be able to do that and that's one thing that i've learned you know in very difficult ways but finally have found myself and found my tribe that you know helps me when i have certain breakdowns or certain emotional, you know, relapses. I know that I have people that I can fall onto and that can hold and lift me up.
1: So these musical heroes of yours, <clears throat> I'll uh, exclude Prince in the list because, uh, you know, <laughs> his soul is is resting in peace. Is Absolutely. There, is there anyone of them that you would like to collaborate with uh, and why?
0: Janelle Monae. Um, the first, yeah, no, I, 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 I like to say that she's my real birth mother. (laughs) Wow. Um, I remember finding her in 2008. There was a music video on TV and it was the first piece of futurism art that I have, had ever seen. And, you know, this is 2008. So it's like on a small TV and, you know, <laughs> it's sci-fi, but it's not the greatest quality, but we didn't know better then. Mm-hmm. But I was just like, I saw this and I was like, this is what I want to do. This is so fun and funky and soulful. And then she put out her debut album, The Arc Android. And the first time I listened to it was like listening to a movie mm. and, I was just like, that is the kind of music that I want to create. And, you know, her performance style as well, just who she is and how she came into her queerness and her, you know, her blackness and everything about that for me was just something that I felt like was a part of my journey as well. So I'd I'd be honored to work with her
1: so listen I just googled you now um, as we were having this uh, conversation uh, because I too uh, met you through and uh, clearly through the music first right so I wanted yes. I wanted to attach uh, a face to the music that I'm listening to and I find how you present uh, quite very interesting and also very artistic tell me about your image yeah. and why you have this image and if at all Janelle Monet is one of the biggest influences of your image You look great, by the way.
0: Thank you. Thank you. You know, it's funny. um, And and everyone that I grew up with, including my parents and teachers, will tell you I have the worst fashion sense. I I could not dress. I was, you know, trying to fit in and copying styles that I saw from people in high school or, you know, the, the generic Mr. Price styles. And it got to a point, I think, just as I was getting turning 18 that I realized that I didn't I knew that I didn't fit in. You know in in every sense of the word and it's and okay. so i just and that's totally okay mm. you know but at the time it was very difficult but i knew that you know stylistically i was attached to like i love thrifting and i knew that from day one i loved going into thrift stores and mix and matching you know all of these vintage pieces from the 70s or the 80s with you know something from present day and i also knew that i liked color and, you know, being colorful and being imaginative and just exploring different styles and, you know, fi- finding my own comfort in that. And so, you know, right now, today, I know that I can dress and I can dress iconically.
1: Mm. I'm going to ask a typical question now. And please forgive me yes. if, if you've been asked a million and one times uh, the question, oh, where to from here?
0: where to from here I just put out a new song a few days a week ago actually mm-hmm. um another one on top feels of the and... EP yes well you're gonna you you're probably gonna play it last um <laughs> it's called feels like okay um you know I mean I'm, I'm in studio every day that's it's my life it's my full-time job is to write music and to create music and I think that I don't think I'm gonna stop you know it's mm. it's it's quite interesting I think I'm gonna be doing this even when i'm 80 years old is just keep writing and creating music and performing and you know i'm hoping that like i said before touring i'm hoping that the music you know reaches the ears and hearts of people abroad and allows me to go there and um you know perform there
1: okay uh perhaps let's play it and 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 hear it uh i think it's called (laughs) feels like
0: it is yes you are listening to KG Mwakeeti on SFM.
1: Do you play an, art, uh, uh, an instrument, Monga?
0: I do. I'm uh, not very good, but I play a bit of guitar, play a bit of keys, um, and I produced a bit as well.
1: Wow! So I mean, you in, in in the heroes that I said, who would you like to collaborate with? Obviously, uh, I know that uh, those uh, American uh, musical heroes. Do you have any uh, South African or even African musical heroes that you one day see yourself collaborating with? Uh, even collaborating across genres, if you may. Yes,
0: yes. Zoe Mudiaca is my. Isn't favorite she
1: amazing?
0: Voice. Uh, I. Favorite voice, favorite performer, she is an incredible beam of light and just, I, I, I would be honored to just work with her. I love her so much
1: wow so I mean the song that uh, we just did very di- that we just played sorry feels like very different to the song from the ep4 uh, at departure yes. and and I think that's I for me the most um, impressive thing about uh, this generation of musicians because there were musicians in history who would find a formula stick to the formula always yes. follow the formula yes. and never do anything yes. outside of uh, the formula uh, to an extent yes. where those of us that love music you just feel like you're hearing one long song that Uh, (laughs) never that that never ever ends tell me why you keep playing around and moving around uh, and not stagnating in the way you produce your art
0: the honest truth is I get bored very easily (laughs) I just uh, and uh, it's been since I was a kid I just can't sit still I can't stay in one place I can't you know, stay in one lane. I like to constantly evolve and constantly learn and grow and and build. You know, you never know what you're capable of unless you put yourself in that space. And music has been that, you know, stretch for me. I don't like to limit myself to... You know, one thing that I, I'm, I'm okay with being called, you know, an R&B artist or a neo-soul artist, but artistry is just, you know, it's, it's, it's so diverse. And I know that I can live in different worlds of music. So, you know, I can do pop, I can do the R&B, I can do the jazz. I can do whatever I want, whenever I want, because, you know, I have the heart and spirit to put myself in those spaces.
1: Any, appet- any appetite for, you know, uh, you know doing uh, maybe uh, the very genres that you just spoke about one day uh, as you evolve as an artist, whether that be jazz, whether that be, you know, whatever else?
0: Definitely. I mean, jazz, I think jazz is just such a beautiful genre of music. And that's one of the reasons why I love Zoe Madicha, because her approach to jazz music is so intricate and so powerful. Um and even just when, you know she sings in her in her native tongue, it's just you just feel that 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 prowess and that energy. And I want to be able to tap into that part of myself as a
1: singer. Do you think African artists find uh, space easily in the neo-soul R&B space uh, which obviously is innately an American sound? Do you think African artists uh, because I remember in the early 90s uh, you know there would be a couple of R&B artists here in South Africa who would say I want to branch out I want to go to the States and you see pictures Mm -hmm. of them with whoever but ultimately in real sort of tangible terms it would do very little for their career but that was before yeah. uh you know yeah. the, the the world wide web did to the world uh what it's it's currently done and of course covid19 came and even beamed mm. it bigger in, into the world do you think that mm. uh the degree to which you get taken seriously as african artists who do neo soul or RB has changed
0: yes for sure i mean with social media i mean i look at this new wave of of R&B artists specifically, your um, Nanette, your Filala, your Mars Baby, your Lord Kez, you know, there's this wave of incredibly talented young artists that are getting recognition worldwide. And I think that's beautiful. I, and I, I and I say this because I I started you know doing music professionally in 2017, and Apple Music had just come into SA, and you, know, you know Apple Music was just in SA, so the streaming sphere wasn't as you know strong as it is now in terms of getting on playlists or getting people to be on these platforms. But you know, flash fast fast forward to 2022, and you know there's these opportunities like the you know the Up Next or the Equal Africa on Spotify that are giving these young talents. You know, uh, an opportunity to showcase their art on a global scale. So I think that they're very fortunate. We're all very fortunate enough to you know to be in the space of that in the how, industry.
1: How diverse? Knowing now about your conscious messaging and and your activism, how diverse is um, your lyric writing?
0: You know, so my full time job is to actually write songs for other artists. I signed really? my first publishing deal. Yeah, I signed my first publishing deal a year ago with a company called Peer Music based in the... Well, they have 38 offices, but I signed to the U.K. office. And I've been writing songs for folks in the U.S. and, and in the U.K. I wrote K-pop songs the other day, which was very interesting because I'd never really uh, dived into that genre. But, you know, it's helping me, you know, expand my mind, expand my palette really to know that you know i can find myself writing in different spaces and i love that i don't like i said i don't like staying in one place even if the music isn't for me the fact that i can help another artist build you know their discography is incredible
1: who else have you written for and who do you aspire to write for in the future
0: who i um (laughs) unfortunately i'm I'm compelled to not say because the songs haven't been released but Mm. you know there's a, a couple UK artists that uh, are very big that I've written for that have yet to release those songs. But um, I would love to write for... Who would I love to write for? I mean, Beyonce is definitely a wonderful person that I'd love to get into. Um, Her is a a wonderful artist. Uh, Frank Ocean is an incredible artist I'd love to write for. Um, Locally, I will say that I've written, you know, with with artists like Manana, with... um, Oh wow, there's just been there's just been a lot. But I mean Manana's definitely been on my radar radar. He's an incredible artist and songwriter as well.
1: So when you've written and you've taken it out uh to the artist, uh are you always, always, always pleased with the interpretation or do you ever because you're a performing artist yourself, do you ever sometimes listen to it and think mm, I could have done that verse much, much. You don't have to name names. I could have done I could have done that verse much, much better.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and it's not to be condescending. It's just we all have different approaches to music. And, you know, this has been my entire life. So I'm a lot more critical about, you know, how you sing things or how you phrase things or how you write things. So there have been a couple of artists that I've sent songs to that did not deliver. And the great thing is, you know, I have the power well you know it's it's it's, it's a catch-22 one one can be like cool i don't really want to care about it but I'm still getting paid for it or you know I can decide not to let them have it if they haven't delivered it as well as I hope that they would
1: but the the, the challenge of artists is sometimes uh related to getting paid for things right yeah. and yeah. And, yeah. and and we all we all need money to live uh on a day-to-day basis has there ever been you know such a, a bad uh, uh interpretation of a song that you wrote and yet you were paid so well for it and you're like, you know, but in the end, uh, you know, I got I got money I needed to live on a day to day basis. But I hope people never know that I wrote that song.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, not. I will say, as much as you know, I've put in the work that I've been put, that I've been putting in. I still find myself, and it's fine. You know, I'm 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 still very young and I'm still learning. But I still find myself proving myself every day and proving that I can do do this and I, I can work hard and you know make great music and. Um, I've just accepted that my purpose is to keep fighting, you know, mm. and, and, and ensure that I'm capable of doing that. But, you know, sometimes it does, you know, demotivate an artist when you know that you've put in so much work and you've invested so much time and so many years and and, and tears and, and, and sweat into this industry and still not really get, I guess, your flowers. But, you know, the, the long game for me is you know, knowing that I'm going to be doing this for the rest of my life. So that doesn't really matter. But surviving is also another thing because, you know, you have to pay rent and you have to pay medical bills and, and all of that. So it, it it is quite a strange thing when you have to kind of give yourself to other people to be able to earn what you need to earn. Uh,
1: lastly, referencing, because uh, we're going to play, uh, write these words. Lastly, um, uh, referencing the cross-pollination uh, or cross-genre um uh, Connection? Would you, as a neo soul artist or uh, an R and B artist, would you collaborate, for example, with with uh, rap? Uh, You mentioned everybody, but rap. Would you do a song, for example, with um, (laughs) with? Are you laughing? (laughs) With with? uh... I'll
0: explain. I'll explain why. (laughs)
1: Yeah, go on.
0: No, it's funny. It's funny that you actually call that out. (laughs) That's the first time anyone's called that out, and I'll I'll be very honest when i started creating music or you know working in recording studios back in botswana i was 13 14 and i was working with a lot of rappers yeah. and a lot of hip hop heads yeah. and my experience wasn't great okay. it um, you know i i found myself with a lot of men specifically that weren't very kind and that were you know very cocky i would say which i guess you, is so you found a lot of
1: toxicity also. in the in the space a lot at that time at the time exactly yeah exactly
0: okay. and i was 14 and you know being exposed to that really messes with how you perceive things and so you know when i got back into music i had told myself i don't want to work with rappers i don't want uh, but to but that's okay
1: i mean that, that's okay it's your art you you can express it the way that you want to
0: i know absolutely but i will say that you know that was me saying this because i did not have i guess thick skin and i did not know who i was in an, as an artist i didn't have the power to say no but manga today at 26 years old, I'm able to, you know, if I know that I'm in a situation that's about to be uncomfortable with a person that's, you know, disrespectful, I stand my ground. Yeah. And so I'm not opposed to working with rappers. I actually I've worked with a rapper called pH fat on a song. who's also just become one of my best friends and, um, one of the rappers in this industry that has changed my view on, yeah. you know, the uh, rappers, to be honest.
1: I suppose congratulations on learning to assert your boundaries, which is the yes. the most yes. important thing. So lastly, my question, your upcoming performances, your social media handles or any other tidbit that you may want us to know as we round off our discussion.
0: Definitely. Um, I mean, Daisy's was the last performance that I did. There might be a performance in November that I'm, yet to share the details of, but please keep on the social medias. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok at Manga K underscore M the letter K underscore. Connect with me, you know, message me. I'm I'm not too pedantic about social media, so I just love to speak with folks at whatever time I can.
1: So you just earned a new fan today, Manga K. I had a great time talking you. to you and I love your music. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. Have a great weekend.
1: Thank you. Write these words from Monga K.